Welcome back to Rural Queensland today. David Littleproud, leader of the National Party, joining us on this Tuesday morning, the 28th of February. The Murray-Darling Basin, David, um, water ministers have filed to reach an agreement on how how about the, the hundreds and hundreds of gigalitres of water promised to for the environment will be recovered across the Murray-Darling Basin. And this is the issue. They make all these statements, yet they can't deliver. Then they go and they take from other places. It's a dangerous – you had this place under control. You had the whole Murray-Darling Basin system completely under control. Why have we now gone through this again where we are in a hell of a mess and they are really undecided about what the next outcome is? Well, well, they're not undecided. This is pure ideology. They simply want to take more water off farmers and they want to buy it off farmers. So farmers are going to be okay. Farmers will get the get their check, uh, but what will happen is the communities that support them, the machinery dealer, you know, even the, the hairdresser, the bakery, they're all going to hurt because what happens is you take productive capacity out of agriculture and out of the industry, you lose jobs and you, and you diminish your town. We've seen buybacks have killed towns. Now, under the basin plan, we've got 14 gigalitres to recover here in Queensland, and that can be done with some efficiency projects as well as uh, a small purchase. But what they're saying, what this Labor government is saying, is in June next year, the basin plan expires. And the states, the southern states in particular, were meant to put infrastructure projects in place that recovered water to the environment using infrastructure, not taking off farms. That's, that's common sense. That's smart. Uh, but the states haven't been able to finish those projects and won't be able to finish those projects by June next year because of floods and droughts and all sorts of issues. And they asked for an extension. Tanya Plebiscite and Anthony Albanese said, no, we're not allowing you to do that. So there's 360 gigalitres down there that has to be recovered uh, as of, the, of June next year. And if those infrastructure pieces aren't done, which they won't be because they're big pieces of infrastructure, then Tanya Plebiscite intends to run away with the checkbook. But there the kicker comes for Queensland. There's an extra 400 gigalitres, 450 gigalitres, I should say, that needs to be recovered as well uh, that is in addition to the plan. But there was a social and economic test to that that meant you couldn't take that water out if it if it hurt a community, if there was an economic disadvantage to the community. So there's only been about four gigalitres being able to, through a pro infrastructure project, because you just simply can't take water out of communities and not hurt them. So what Tanya Plebiscite is now saying is, we're going to get rid of that neutrality test. We're simply going to come in and we're going to take that 450 gigalitres with buying water off farmers. Now, there'll be plenty of sellers, farmers can will get sure. their money, but the communities won't, and they're the ones that'll hurt. So you're talking about over 700, nearly 800 gigalitres of water coming away from Australian agriculture. You could see potentially about 25% reduction in, in, in our food and fibre production, just from that alone. Now, old grade A business economics always tell you, if supply goes down, prices go down, go up. Yep. So if the supply goes down 25%, your price at the, at the grocery store is going to go up and you're going to pay that bill and you should see Anthony Albanese's face on this all for an ideology. And in fact, the practical reality of this is some of that water, you can't even get to Adelaide because there's this thing called the Barmer Choke down in Victoria and it's a physical constraint. You just simply can't force the water through it without causing environmental damage. So this mob... Um, is just trying to chase a few votes in Adelaide. They've already got them. They've already won those seats in Adelaide, but they're hell-bent on trying to work on an ideology of saying we're going to save the environment when the environment is well and truly okay. Uh, and this is going to rip communities apart. So the Murray-Darling Basin plan was over when I got the Northern Basin Review through Parliament. We were done and dusted. 
But now there's 450 gigalitres to come from across the basin and Queensland's back on the hook. Our mayors and our community should be very worried about this. We thought the basin plan was over. It's now about to restart and the water wars are about to start with them. Yeah, well, we've even seen up in, in, in Richmond and Julia Creek, Tanya Plibersek just put a, a line through, you know, what was a proposed, you know, absolute unbelievable water system and infrastructure system uh, for that town. 300 jobs, nuts. Nah. Because of overland flow, it was just garbage and why it, why it rolls out into the ocean. They don't care. They're very, very negative on anything agriculture. And, and that gets me to the sheep live export issue. Um, we've spoken to Mark Harvey Sutton and, and now we've got Murray Watt, who I early on had said was doing a fair job, but in recent times has decided to, to, to decide to just make things on the run. Now, he's going to phase out this. They are phasing out the live sheep trade in Australia, and his comments are very worrying. Yeah, look, Murray Watt says that the, he's shutting this down because the science says that it can't be done. Well, I'm saying to Murray Watt, put the science on the table so we can actually, do, can actually discuss it and, and debate it. Because you know what? I created the science. When we had the Awasi, uh, boat in 2018, we reformed the live sheep industry. We now know the number of pants per minute that a sheep takes on that on their boat. We know how much airflow goes through that boat. We have the best stocking densities in the world. Uh, we The industry themselves put a ban on themselves during the northern summer so that there wasn't heat stress. We've moved from a mortality way of measuring uh, these shipments to animal welfare. We are the only country in the world that do this. And all that we are doing for the virtual signaling that Murray White and the Labor Party want to do to the Teals and Greens is say we're going to export our animal welfare standards to another country, a country like Sudan, Ethiopia, South Africa. And let me tell you, they don't have stocking density rates. No. They simply put as many sheep as they can on those boats and, and they just get paid on whatever's left on the way over when they get there. So... Let me tell you, this is for all the moral virtues that these mob are saying, this is just about getting votes. This isn't about animal welfare. The only ones that were serious about animal welfare was the export industry and the National Party in reforming the industry, in making sure that we could keep it going with the social license it deserves. The science says it can be there. This industry will continue. Let me tell you, the, the Middle Easterns want this. This is cultural. I, I went to an abattoir in Kuwait the size of a football field, complete with a viewing area for 2,000 people. They come with their kids, complete with a playpen in the corner, air-conditioned comfort. They pick their sheep out. They go inside and watch to make sure that that sheep is slaughtered to their religious custom. And then they pick it up at the end as it goes through the chain and they, and they get it sliced and diced as, they want, as a butcher wants them to, and they go home. It's cultural. We will not change it. We will not change their culture because that's what they want to do. But we make sure that that abattoir is to an Australian standard and we make sure that the sheep that go over there are healthy and that they, we, we don't lose sheep on these shipments going over. Uh, no other country can do that, but we're going to handle that over. A $100 million industry, of which about 40, 40 to 50% of that goes back to the farmer. So the farmer gets most of the money out of this uh, and 3,000 Western Australian jobs. But just beware of this. It's coming to a state industry near you because this mob's already shut down cattle and I can tell you these activists, They've, they've turned Anthony Albanese uh, on this one. He's going to shut it down, and then they're going to sell their houses in Perth, and they're all going to Townsville, going to Darwin, and they're going to be there until they shut down the live cattle job. So they're coming to an industry and state near you 
and Labor is just going to let them do it. And what they're saying is they're phasing out because what they want to do is say in three or four years' time, oh, look, we're not sending any more boats because there won't be because people won't invest in the infrastructure, whether it be boats, trucks, or even cockies putting sheep on the ground because there's no one to go. And they say, look, the industry died itself. So they want to try and want to kill this industry slowly and quietly so there's no political pain for them. But there are 3,000 families in Western Australia that will lose their jobs uh, and, there will, and there will be contagion to cattle with this mob if we're not careful. Yeah, unbelievable. Quickly, Linda Thorpe, you, 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 I mean, how do we have senators like this? I'm, I'm embarrassed as an Australian. I really am. <laughs> yeah, mate. I mean, this woman is a, a, a walking time bomb. I mean, You throw she, yourself at the Mardi Gras in front of a float. I mean, in protest. I mean, I, I just am at that point now where, you know, I don't think we should give her any airtime, but we need to overhaul the senator um, platform. You're that, spot that, on, that, mate, that, yeah. That's where we're at. We have to look at it because it's embarrassing that we have these people who have control of how our country is, is operated. That, that's, the, that's the issue that I've got. Well, well I agree, and we shouldn't give her airtime, but it does go to our political system. The fact that she wasn't, she wasn't directly elected, just understand this. She got on uh, into the Senate through the Greens ticket. And so the Greens are the ones that own this own this seat, not Lydia Thorpe. So for her to say she's no longer sitting in the Greens, she didn't get elected as Lydia Thorpe. She got elected as a Greens senator. Uh, and I don't think that you can honestly say that she deserves to be there if the people of Victoria didn't vote for Lydia Thorpe, they voted for the Greens. And she's no longer with the Greens. She doesn't deserve to hold that spot. She should relinquish that spot hand it over to the Greens, God help us for whoever they may replace. But uh, that is not how our political system should operate. I, I think in all fairness, if you can't live by the values and virtues of what you got elected by uh, and the party, then you should step aside and allow them to put someone else in, particularly in the Senate where it doesn't cause a by-election. Uh, they, right. can simply appoint, they can simply appoint it. Uh, and I think we, we should look at those reforms because – these crazy people like this just do nothing for our political system. I have no problems with Lydia Thorpe having different views to me, but there are ways in which you express that, and there are respectful ways to, to, to express that. Uh, and, you know, she's just trying to get a headline no matter what, no matter the, the, the event she's at. That's not respectful. In fact, I think she's probably doing more harm to her cause than, than any good. You appreciate your time this morning. Thank you so much for being with us. David Littleproud, great to chat. Thanks, mate.